welcome to the Office 365 Developer Podcast, the only show focused on Office 365 development where Rich and I talk to the experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 Developer Platform. For more information on Office 365 Development, please visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. All right, well, welcome to episode 93 of the Office 365 Developer Podcast. It's been a couple of weeks since our last podcast and I have good excuse for that. I had uh, my first kid was born. Uh, it was actually born a little bit early. We weren't expecting her until the end of May, but that kind of kept me pretty consumed last week. But to be quite honest, it was kind of quiet in the blogosphere. Uh, you know, we had that big week two weeks ago with the announcement of the new SharePoint framework and all the new things around SharePoint. And so we saw a, a huge influx of new blog posts that week with um, you know all the the new things that were going on um, since then it's been a little bit quiet um, we have had a, a couple of new uh, office dev shows that have posted on channel 9 so there was an office dev show on building office 365 connectors there was an office dev show on developing with the new Skype web SDK for Skype online which is really cool um, Beyond that, out in the community, there's been a few things. Um, Elio, uh, who's done a lot of posts in the past, uh, created a post on building a Compose mail add-in using the new developer tools with Update 2. So when we updated the tooling uh, for Office Development and Visual Studio, uh, we did a, a number of updates to those to support things like add-in commands and uh, leverage things like the Office UI fabric. So definitely check that out. Uh, beyond that, Waldeck has been on just a, a terror of of doing new posts. So he created a post on the anatomy of a, a modern SharePoint solution. So looking at uh, how kind of the shift to client side development and and what uh, you know the anatomy of one of those solutions looks like. And um, he's also been really active in the patterns and practices community, doing a couple of different webcasts. One was getting started on the SharePoint framework. It's a really good video and it it's relevant to our host today and, and some of the things that are going on in, in patterns and practices. And then he also did a post on getting started on the web stack uh, for the Office Dev PNP webcast. So both of those are patterns and practices related webcasts. They're doing a lot of those right now in preparation for things like the SharePoint framework. And I really highly recommend checking out those uh, webcasts with Waldeck and Vesa because they are um, really good. In fact, uh, you know, I know that there are a few videos out there that show some of the things around the, the SharePoint framework, but I think the definitely the getting started with the SharePoint framework video uh, webcast they did is really, really good. And then finally, Waldeck also did a, a post on, is it worth preparing for the SharePoint framework already? So uh, the SharePoint framework obviously isn't available yet, but um, he goes into a lot of detail on why you should consider preparing for it now and how you can already uh, adopt some of the patterns that are going to be leveraged in the SharePoint framework and doing things client-side with things like content editors and script files and things like that. So um, lots of good stuff. And you know, on the patterns and practices topic, uh, our guest this week is a, a frequent guest, but I thought it was is really relevant to have him on here is Vesa Yuvanen, who is really the father of patterns and practices. 
and uh, it really leads up that effort. I thought this was relevant, one, because the SharePoint framework and how Microsoft distributes information and samples around that SharePoint framework um, is going to be kind of first and foremost through patterns and practices. The other thing is patterns and practices recently reorg. Now, it, it was like a, a, a grassroots thing, but it's actually evolved now to where it's fully supported by engineering and that team is moving in underneath SharePoint engineering. It's actually going to be in the, the engineering organization, which is a lot different from where it was before. It was in kind of a, a liaison group between engineering and customers. And so um, I think it's a, a, a great move. And in the podcast today, Vessel will talk a little bit more about both of those, both uh, the, the shift of patterns and practices to engineering and then um, all the great things that they're already doing and preparing to do around the SharePoint framework. So um, hope you enjoy it, and we'll see you again next week. Today I have with me Vesa Yuvanen all the way from Finland. Vesa, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we can talk about ba- taking care of babies as well if you want. So. I, I, you know what? I, my guess is, is that I'm like the least expert of all of our listeners on that. They're probably all like, "Oh, this is nothing." I have like 16 kids, and yeah. So uh, uh, we'll we'll skip that and get on to to better things. But uh, That's fair. but so for those that don't know you, I mean, I I always I see you as like the I compare you to like Vittorio on the Azure AD side. You're kind of synonymous in in the SharePoint extensibility crowd, but um, give for those like few two listeners maybe that don't know you give want to give us a little bit of background on yourself and um, how you kind of find yourself talking about office extensibility with us. Um, yeah, sounds good. So, um, so I, I started at Microsoft actually ten years ago. I'm hitting ten years in uh, October this year, which is pretty amazing actually from my side as well. That's cool. Uh, and I, from a day one, uh, I started working on uh, extensibility uh, when I moved, moved to Microsoft. And, and really, at the time, and, and sorry for starting such a long while, uh, time ago, um, really at the time when we released the SharePoint 2007, we didn't have any documentation about the feature framework or farm solutions or anything like that. Um, and that was actually my passion, uh, really to help people to find out how to use that. And we, I did have a, one of the colleagues who joined at the same time. We spent countless of hours and 14 hours in a day investigating what is the actual development story from an enterprise development and a real development perspective. So not just around doing something, uh, getting it there, but what what actually is the story around ALM and all of that. Um, Then from there, I I started creating training materials, uh, presentations, and um, I had, well, I was really lucky to get connected on NPG relatively soon. Uh, I was asked to be part of the MCM, the Master Certification Program, uh, people who created that program. Um, I was responsible of the customization story. From there, as an evolution from SharePoint, we introduced quite a significant amount of different customization options. Uh, we've been always then, I, I've been the guy who's been kind of investigating what does it actually mean. Um, and and for me, it's 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 always been the fundamental thinking, the, the bigger picture. What does it actually mean from a long-term life cycle perspective or how do I actually make uh, the typical enterprise scenarios to work? Um, as an example with the, the, well, that's the result of PNP. Um, at some point we, 
we there was a request. Well, there's Microsoft started pushing the adding model hectically uh, and quite fast. Uh, certain people, well, enterprise. Well, there was challenges around uh, in the customer side of understanding. Well, wait a minute. So this is an iframe. Uh, I can't achieve X and Y and Z. Um, I did some projects at the time. I was a consultant or a principal consultant in Microsoft services, and I did some, let's say, proof of concepts with larger customers around how to do typical SharePoint customizations, just completely using client-side technologies. Um, and we came up with nice patterns, uh, technology and samples, and then we realized that, hey, wait a minute, it, it would actually make a lot of sense to share this with the community. Um, for the benefit of others, because immediately if we start sharing our learnings, then, then the other people can learn from that. And then they, if they share back, then I will learn from them and everybody is, is essentially winning in that occasion, if that makes any sense. Yeah, so, you know, PNP is one of those things that has just uh, exploded. I mean, it was it's funny, I was trying to, in, in preparation for this, because I was I was kind of one of those early guys involved with helping doing some of the things around PNP. And I was trying to think of like, you know, we it wasn't even called PNP at first. And I was trying to think back. I believe the original name, was it GAPS? Was that what we were calling it? Well, that was an internal, yes, that was an internal uh, project name, uh, which is kind of ironic. It was GAPS. Uh, so essentially, <laughs> we we realized that there was a at least fundamental understanding gaps within the adding model. Uh, and we started kind of addressing them. The, the information in MSDN wasn't really addressing the typical customization scenarios. If we had a look on what customers had in a farm solution, uh, like, like custom navigations, I've, I've built myself like tens and tens of custom left side or top navigations. Um, and then we started addressing those. What does it actually mean? How can I do uh, for example, the, the navigation components using the adding model techniques. Technically, it's not an add-in in that case or an app in that case, but using the remote APIs. Um, and then it really started then exploding from there because we saw a lot of demand uh, from our internal community, uh, first with the gaps. Then we went public with Office AMS. Uh, it was Office Application Model Sample or App Model Samples at the time. Um, then our product marketing suddenly realized, oh, that seems like a, a pretty interesting project and the guys are doing something valuable. So let's actually reprint that as Office 365 Developer Patterns and Practices, um, which in some sense is actually quite, at the time, it was really misleading because a lot of, lot of the guidance was for SharePoint. Um, and it still is, actually, I would say. A uh, lot of the guidance is still in the BNP for SharePoint. We're expanding the other side of the story as well. Um, but the reason for that one is that the key team who's been working in the BNP, we've been working with customers on a SharePoint customization on a day-to-day basis. So our business uh, hours had been spent on resolving these real-life uh, real functional uh, uh, challenges with the customers. Then we came up with a solution, and then we shared that with the BNP. And that's really the reason why why we came up to be, well, why there is so many SharePoint as there's so much more SharePoint content in MPMP. Yeah, and I think it's kind of natural in a lot of ways if you think about, um, you know, in, in a lot of our customers are were forced in that direction because they adopted things like the cloud, whereas, you know, other areas like maybe the office client extensibility, it wasn't quite as um, required to kind of take that jump immediately if they wanted to work with our services and, 
So I think I think it was just natural, especially given the the rich background of extensibility with SharePoint. But I think like what what I find really fascinating about PNP is that growth. I mean, this is something that started as a a few people on the side, and and I, I was I followed the your May webcast and. You guys had a, a list of contributors for the month that was almost too long to fit on a slide. I mean, it's really, yeah. really amazing how many people have jumped in. And uh, I know you have a uh, a little saying, sharing is caring. And it, it certainly seems like that is caught on for real. And, and people are certainly sharing their um, different uh, things that they've been working on and contributions. Yeah, and, and obviously we really want to make sure that those people who contribute get credit out of it as well within our public communications. But um, I don't know if it's, well, at least for me personally, I always, originally I wanted to be a teacher actually uh, in a kindergarten or uh, elementary school. Never got into the university, uh, didn't pass the, the exams, but that's a different discussion. And I think it's actually in the end, it's a good thing. But for me, actually sharing and teaching people to learn something is, is extremely valuable. So I get my kicks out of it. So, um, And then I, I'm, we're hoping to find similar-minded people who want to actually contribute. They get credit out of it. Um, and then, obviously, they most likely feel good about themselves, hopefully, as well, for contributing. Awesome. Well, one of the things that um, PNP has gone through a little bit of a or is, I guess, in, in a lot of ways, going through a transition now in where that fits within Microsoft. Do you want to tell us a little bit about kind of where um, you're shifting and, and where that's going to live here in the in the near future? Yeah, so um, originally, and I don't know how many of the, the audience actually understand how the organization works in the in the Microsoft engineering, but originally uh, BMP was part of the CXP, uh, CXP. And, and a SharePoint CAT team. And this is a team of highly technical people who help with the escalations and, and really hard customer cases. Um, and then uh, early, well, a few months ago, uh, there was a, a higher level requests uh, on uh, moving the BNP directly within the SharePoint engineering. So as part of this um, higher level discussions, uh, the BNP is now moving uh, to be natively part of and owned by SharePoint engineering. And essentially, I'm moving with that transition as well. Um, it might you might say that BNP took me with it, with me uh, with the, the other side, so I'm now part of the SharePoint engineering, or I took BNP with with me when I when it moved over. Awesome. So then, just just to maybe uh, make that a little bit clear for our listeners, so CAT, I, I believe it stands for Customer Advisory Team. Is that correct? Customer advisory team or customer adaption team? It, it slightly okay. depends on a perspective. Yeah, yeah, and, and those guys, um, like you said, super technical, but they, in a lot of ways, are a liaison between a customer and engineering. They're not necessarily like sitting within the engineering org, but very, very close. But now PNP is going to be kind of completely encapsulated inside of engineering. Um, and so that I, I saw that as a really positive mark in terms of, um, the influence back to engineering on the things that people are contributing to PNP. And um, it's certainly a good sign of the, uh, I guess, blessing from engineering on those efforts, those community efforts. Yep, yeah, that's absolutely one side of the story. The second side of the story is, is absolutely the fact that uh, SharePoint wants to be fully open and transparent uh, as well. So, uh, the, the SharePoint engineering wants to be more closely involved uh, with the community and, and with a, 
with the transition of the customer, well, with the new customization options, which will be uh, released, which we've talked about in some of the BMP webcasts already, uh, already uh, referring to the SharePoint framework, um, we will go even further open source uh, on the, even with the SharePoint implementation, not with the whole SharePoint, uh, but uh, some of the areas with the SharePoint will be directly within a GitHub. Um, and that's, that requires then community uh, fostering and community work, uh, which the engineering really wants to um, learn how to do that properly. Uh, and the BMB is one of the, the examples how to do that. Um, obviously, from a SharePoint engineering perspective, that's, that's a really great thing. Um, we, we also have been having a discussion of, uh, with Office extensibility uh, quite recently that they want to start truly embracing this model as well as having that close community and fostering the community uh, in the BNP brand as well, which is really yeah, cool. That, I guess that was my one concern in hearing this is that, you know, PNP has evolved to be not just a SharePoint thing. And obviously it, it did start that way, but, you know, we're seeing all kinds of contributions these days around things that are Office Client related, things that are related to Microsoft Graph that are broader than just SharePoint. And so it sounds like it's still going to have that kind of support and, and see um, nothing but more activity uh, moving forward. Yeah, that, that that is absolutely the objective. So. On the office client side, we've been kind of suffering from the fact that we haven't, well, the team who's been working actively within the PNP do not work with office add-ins on a day-to-day basis. And we haven't been able to find a committed person who would be actually starting re- uh, leading the office client part. Uh, now, right now, the, however, the office extensibility engineering uh, is looking into actually getting started with this one. Uh, and they want to kind of a benefit out of the, the existing community, uh, which we have in the PNP already, uh, even around Office Client and, and Office Graph, uh, sorry, Microsoft Graph as well. Cool. Well, one of the things that you just mentioned earlier was about SharePoint being more transparent. And it's funny when you kind of talked about your history, mine is very similar. You know, I started working with SharePoint probably probably a little bit later than you. Um, I started working in the 2003 days and then really heavily in 2007. And I remember spending hours and hours in 2007 trying to figure out the feature framework. I spent so much time in Reflector trying to see what was in some of the, like the core assemblies to figure out how to do various things. And like it's it seems like we're in like a complete... Um, U-turn and how things are rolling out and the visibility with this kind of new SharePoint framework. Um, it, tell us a little bit about kind of um, that and and what you think um, that's going to mean to the community having that transparency um, and and samples uh, from day one. Yeah, so so obviously we are, uh, announced the SharePoint framework. Uh, it's now what two weeks ago, something like that. Pretty close, actually, two weeks ago. Um, and um, already right now, people are asking, "Why aren't you sharing more? Why aren't you sharing more? Why aren't you sharing any details?" And the reality is that we we want to look down some of the functionalities and some of the things before we go fully public uh, with the samples and and guidance and all of that stuff, uh, which we are working already uh, internally in engineering as well. Um, but I think the, the really the objective is to ensure that whenever we go, uh, whenever the, the SharePoint framework will be fully available, uh, we will have this Viprint community, we will have existing samples, uh, we will 
uh, guide uh, the community through on when to use and how to use and, and when to use maybe older technologies comparing to the SharePoint framework. Um, to, just really learning around, um, and I think that's a key learning around the, the, the past, I would say, even mistakes, which we did uh, with the community in the, in the early days on. Um, so absolutely, it will be highly helpful for the community to have existing samples ready to go, which they can start trying uh, step-by-step hands-on lab guidance on, on getting started with, with the new technology as well. So, um, and I think it's important for listeners to understand that although we haven't started to roll out the SharePoint framework out to, you know, the, you know, first release clients yet, uh, we haven't really been working in a vacuum either. So there's been a lot of activity behind the scenes where we've gotten um, a lot of the MVPs have, um, we've really tried to solicit a lot of feedback from them and get them uh, in front of this, and a lot of our uh, ISVs that have done a lot of things in the SharePoint space, again, we've spent time with them to solicit feedback. So this is something that, you know, the team is really serious about trying to get this right. Um, I, I know that they anticipate in a lot of ways some of the feedback of, oh, here's yet another way of of doing SharePoint extensibility. And so, um, there is a lot of work, and, and I think you were involved with a lot of the stuff like the, the dev kitchen stuff that they had uh, yeah. to, to collect some of that feedback. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we've been having quite a few uh, a few of those dev kitchen sessions uh, with ISVs and, and partners. Um, and, and like you said, the key point is to collect the feedback, ensuring that we're doing the right thing, um, getting early access on, on a limited group of people. Which for some of the, the people who are listening, it might sound like, yeah, but I didn't. I wanted to have an early access. Um, but the reality is that an early access um, isn't always highly beneficial. Uh, and the only way we can collect valuable, uh, valuable feedback and constructive feedback is to keep the loop relatively small. Um, and I, I, from a, let's say, communicational perspective, I would say I, I personally still value the fact that we went live and said that this is coming, uh, and we've been then releasing uh, uh, additional guidance, and we will be releasing additional information out of it, rather than staying completely quiet, and then from a day one going, oh, it's now live, here we go. So um, we want to hear the feedback from a community, no doubt, um, but having that smaller group of people and ISVs, and which we can kind of make sure that the, the, the messaging is landing properly, technology is implemented properly, and they can achieve the, the typical scenarios um, is highly valuable for the engineering as well. Well, I know that uh, on the day of the, the big event, the May 4th event, that uh, there was a flood of uh, MVPs that kind of put out their perspective on things. So there was a lot of interest in the, the blogosphere around what was going on. The event itself, um, considering I feel like the SharePoint framework was one of the more significant things that we were announcing around SharePoint, it really didn't get uh, quite as much attention at the actual event. And maybe that's just kind of because it's not as sexy marketing-wise. But um, do you want to maybe give like the quick perspective for those that maybe haven't read up on it that much like what is what is the sharepoint framework and how is this different from things that we've done in the past 
So, um, and most likely some, um, I, I can imagine that Bill Berry doesn't like my, my oversimplifications, but that's fine. Uh, I'm a more technical person. But, but if we oversimplify uh, what, the, what the SharePoint framework is, and, and I'm saying over, over, oversimplifying, um, some of you might have used the so-called JavaScript embedding uh, pattern from BMB. Essentially, or uh, well, essentially, what it means is that you you embed your JavaScript uh, executing uh, within a page without an actual adding. So it's not in iframe; it's actually embedded on the page using user custom action, or it's embedded on a page using script whipboard. Um, the SharePoint framework, um, from a UX perspective, it's really around making that development extremely stream uh, streamlined uh, and much more performant and much more aligned on a on a web stack a typical web stack development so having those customizations directly in line within the page where you have a full access on the page uh, you have full access on on modifying the the content which is still uh, absolutely responsive that's what the sharepoint framework oversimplifying all of the things is um, then there's additional things that, that the framework itself will offer different kind of services, different kind of functionalities, and development uh, tooling will be there. Uh, you can take advantage of client-side caching or preloading of the stuff uh, and, and a few other options as well. So if we were, if we kind of summarized, um, like I try to think of like a few words that I would use to describe the SharePoint framework. You know, some of the things that I heard from you there are... Um, JavaScript, so client-side things, um, it is much more heavily like a UX framework versus, you know, we still, this by no means is um, getting rid of any of that, the work and knowledge that you have around working with maybe our REST APIs. Um, Those are certainly, in fact, probably even more valuable now as we move into this this model. Um, And um, the, I guess the third thing would be, and I'm trying to think of a word to use here, but um, I guess more more fully integrated, right? It's it's something that actually sits on the page. It's not we're not dealing with these iframes that aren't the the cleanest for modern web development. Uh, this is something that uh, can live natively on the page and be very responsive, um, depending on where it's being displayed. And, and that's really needed for the SharePoint framework uh, because one of the, the really great things about this new direction of SharePoint development is that internally in Microsoft, as an example, the portal development, the new stuff which will be released in portal side, will be implemented as part of the SharePoint framework. So they will be using this as their default development scenario, and they need to have that uh, more embedded experience, obviously, because the portal experience will be natively within a SharePoint. But now us external people, well, I cannot no longer say us, I would say external people uh, who are not part of the engineering um, can take advantage of the similar kind of um, connectivity and services and the, the, the more embedded way of, of having the customization in. Cool. Well, I know that um, what are some of the things that PNP is is already doing to kind of help prepare the community for this Kind of paradigm shift to doing more things client side and and delivering rich UX experiences. 
So there's a few different, uh, let's say, initiatives inside of the BNP. So we've been doing webcasts uh, around the client-side development, uh, getting started with the web stack and SharePoint development, and also getting started or a, let's say, introduction on the SharePoint framework development cycle uh, with Wildec uh, MasterCards. Uh, we also have a special interest group uh, in the BNP uh, for JavaScript uh, or client-side development, uh, and that has its own client-side component or client-side library, which have been developed as a fluent uh, access to the SharePoint REST APIs. Um, the special interest group, especially, is, is the whole point of that one is that we will have a more, it's a kind of a spin-off out of the BNP because the BNP itself uh, is a relatively large one. The community is big. Uh, and within our monthly calls, we're always hitting more than 100 people attending. Um, and we can't really have that that uh, interactivity within those calls. The special interest groups are meant to be targeted uh, groups for a specific scenario, like JavaScript development or SharePoint framework, or like core component, which is a completely different topic and different side of the BNP. Uh, and within these special interest groups, the, the group will be slightly smaller, and that gives more flexibility on, on let's say, having an open discussion, conversations, the, the thinking of the di direction of the what do we actually do um, and what are we developed or what are the right patterns uh, for the future. Cool. What a, So what recommendation would you make for uh, listeners that might want to ramp up their skills in preparation for the SharePoint framework. So what sort of like technologies, like I, I guess the the first and foremost one, since it's kind of built upon this would be TypeScript. What other things were, are going to be helpful for a developer to kind of prepare? Well, like you said, TypeScript absolutely is a, a good thing to learn and there's great uh, learnings uh, and, and well, training trainings available in the internet around that one. Um, Angular or React, uh, really nice frameworks to get started with. And they have actually uh, great, great, great training material available in the internet. Um, as an example, I was uh, checking out uh, one of the React uh, trainings while back, which, is, which was then explaining the, the compatized or the modular way of implementing JavaScript. Um, because for for a lot of the, I can imagine that for a lot of the SharePoint uh, developers who come with the farm solution background, uh, even the the evolution of JavaScript development might be, uh, let's say, a surprise. Because uh, the, how do you actually do get started with Node.js and npm? What is an npm or gulp? Uh, and then understanding or webpack uh, in that sense, and understanding how you can still create components in the same way as you've been writing components or controls within the classic uh, .NET and uh, .NET implementations. So the JavaScript development, if you think back from a SharePoint historical perspective, back in 2007, whenever we actually started considering SharePoint as a development background, but a development platform. Um, the JavaScript development was completely different. We just referenced a JavaScript file in the page, um, and that was, and we were calling some functions. And that development cycle wasn't really that nice. Now it has significantly evolved uh, from that section, uh, from that side, to the web stack development practices and kind of understanding slightly what does it actually mean? Uh, how do I actually get started? What is what is this? What are these key terms uh, which were mentioned here? Um, one thing what I, though, would like to remind people, this is not about, because I want to I make sure that we, we don't confuse people. We're not saying that every single uh, SharePoint development will be in JavaScript in the future, because that's not true. Like it wasn't true with the adding model either. 
um, the, the SharePoint UX uh, framework or SharePoint framework will make the UI development easier. But in the, in the enterprise development scenarios, you will still have most likely an external web service, a web API hosted in web, uh, Azure, or you will do your hybrid integration using Azure technologies. So the, the JavaScript will still call a web service or a web API or whatever, which will then be implemented as, say, a native C-sharp or whatever um, uh, technology. Yeah, there's, there's a ton of scenarios that like are completely... Um, still relevant that are in PNP. So I think about like all the the work we've done around um, you know provisioning and and uh, doing like kind of automating the creation of of sites and site collections and yep. different job type uh, IP that's out there. So there's there's a ton of scenarios that aren't so uh, focused on the the front end that um, I think are are super super valuable to still. Uh, be aware of absolutely all the all the covenants jobs like you mentioned the the, the remote jobs running in for, as an example as a national web job um, checking that the site are compliant that we have the required chattings and and all of that stuff uh, absolutely relevant in the future as well um, on the on the provisioning side just a quick note on that one we we are working on the on, with the team uh, who's responsible of implementing the new provisioning uh, in the in the SharePoint as well um, and they're actually using the BMP provisioning engine as their reference implementation, what is out there. So it's kind of a competing, uh, well, it's a reference implementation, what the natively should be there within the product as well. Um, how it will be in the product? Will it be first a simple extensibility point? Will it be more remote XML way of processing stuff? And those are details which haven't been yet settled. But it actually, it really proves uh, that the value uh, and uh, the quality of what the community has been able to implement together as the BMP provisioning engine, as an example. So um, for, I know that this, the SharePoint framework isn't something that's rolling out in tenants for a while, but if uh, listeners wanted to get a closer look, you mentioned that you and Waldeck did a, a webcast. I've seen it. It's really good. In fact, it's probably some of the best content. I know that uh, Dan Keegan did a, uh, Microsoft Mechanics show that kind of showed things at a high level. And uh, I think you and Waldeck go kind of the next step deeper. So I think it's a really good thing for listeners to go and check out. But um, look, can can listeners already do things like, like, I would imagine the Yeoman generator for these projects is already out in the wild. Um, and maybe I'm wrong about that, but can can listeners go ahead and provision a project and kind of look what's under the covers now, knowing that might change? Um, unfortunately, no. So the human generator uh, and the templates are not yet out there. Uh, and the reason is that there, there might be still changes or there will be polishing and adjustments within the templates. And we don't want to be in the, in the situation where we release the stuff and then uh, you would have to go back and change uh, the templates uh, throughout. Um, Whenever the, it will be actually available within the within SharePoint, um, but I, but again, I would say that really comes down once again on on a visibility and transparency. We wanted to actually show you what's coming and how it's planned to work, uh, so that you will be aware of it, and it won't be kind of a shocker. Through uh, you, you turn a corner and suddenly it's like, oh my god, why didn't anybody tell me that this is coming? Um, 
So rather to communicate that early and show, for example, the preview development cycle, uh, which is how, uh, which we've been using internally in engineering. Cool. Well, so um, I guess one of the last things is where where can people find out more about PNP? Where can they get involved and and find you know some of the things that we'll make sure that the show notes have some links to some of this stuff. But where's kind of the some of the best places to find information about PNP and what's going on? Well, the 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 one uh, the number one page is aka aka ms office dev pnp uh, office dev pnp yes i'm saying it after right uh, which is essentially a page within the dev.office.com you can access that by going dev.office.com/pnp as well uh, either way um, and we're trying to collect all of the the webcasts all of the announcements all of the monthly release all of the the whatever material uh, this link to this podcast will be on that page as well so everything what is related on pmp will be on that page and that is a humongous a humongous number of information within the page and we do understand that um, we do have a webcast which is also around how to get started with pmp where we walk through uh, the different resources and assets. And, and also, if you're willing to start contributing back, uh, consuming is absolutely fine. But obviously, we're hoping that people are contributing back if they can find if they find bugs or issues or they have suggestions. Um, so we do have a web, webcast on that one as well. Uh, and let's put that one in the notes as well. Um, and that's probably the easiest way. Then we do have biweekly BNP office hours uh, where we uh, always go through what the core team is working on, what are we planning to do next. Uh, we do have a monthly community calls, uh, which are more around us telling the community what has happened within the last month, who were the contributors, what was actually contributed, uh, and that kind of uh, topics. And then on the on the client side, uh, development side, on the JavaScript development side, we have that special interest group, and that's actually having a weekly meetings uh, on every single Thursday. I think it's seven a.m. PST or PDT right now, um, which is where we talk about um, the core component for JavaScript, uh, but also around the future JavaScript implementation techniques uh, within a SharePoint. Uh, right now, as an example, within that group. Um, we are already kind of a testing and 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 um, testing and working on a a patterns how to get kind of a started with the, with a similar kind of uh, development cycle as with the SharePoint framework. So because technically you can already right now mimic uh, the situation in some sense by by using script editor web part, putting a div on that script editor web part, and then associating your JavaScript implementation to that div. Uh, which is which could be then hosted in CDN as an example. Cool. Long answer to, to simple yeah. questions. <laughs> yeah, lots of resources. I mean, uh, it's uh, you guys are definitely never lacking on uh, new content and and new things to share to the community. So uh, definitely, thanks for that, and thanks for jumping on and doing a, a show with us this week, Vesa. Uh, absolutely, uh, and thank you for having me. This having uh, has been an, again a nice chat uh, around the topics. So great. So um, I guess lastly, where can people find you? I know that you're an active blogger and on Twitter and things like that. Where can people find Vesa? So in Twitter is just twitter.com/slash/vesa.yuvonen, and uh, well. You can probably find uh, that uh, around the to Twitter and Office Dev PNP uh, is a one option. Um, 
but Twitter is probably my most active communication channel right now. Uh, I'm also trying to be as active as possible in the our BMP Yammer group, uh, aka MS Office Dev BMP Yammer, uh, where people can ask questions, and then uh, the core team is answering uh, those questions as well. Uh, because it's not really around also just about me, uh, because the core team, like you, Richard, are still part of the core team uh, with your contributions. Um, there's multiple other people who are coordinating and helping around the questions and coordinating the, the events which are happening with the community. Awesome. Very good. Well, thanks again, Vesa. And uh, I know you're about to do some traveling in Europe, so safe travels, and uh, we'll catch you around the corner. Sounds good. Thank you, Richard. Mm-hmm.